Uh, slight chance of snow showers in the morning. Highs in the lower 40s. It'll be brisk and windy. This is WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Support for WJFF Radio Catskill comes from the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York. RiverReporter.com. From the Women's Health Center in Homesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania. Physicians and certified midwives who deliver. The Women's Health Center is a Wayne Memorial Community Health Center. WMH.org. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer. From the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. I'm so excited to share with you my guest for this episode. We are in Liberty, New York in the Sullivan County Catskills. I am sitting with Nathaniel Whitmore. He is our region's expert in identification and use of wild plants and mushrooms. He's an herbalist, a forager, a mushroom expert. He focuses on healing foods, on the medicine of the plant world, and so many other things. Truly, Nathaniel is a legend in these parts, as they say. So I'm very, very happy to be able to have this conversation. This is uh, Nathaniel Whitmore. Welcome, Nathaniel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's begin with how you began this adventure with plants, with uh, medicinal herbs, with your own healing practice, and with this knowledge. So I... Grew up in Damascus, Pennsylvania, on a family farm. So I, I always go back to that upbringing as um, my starting point because you naturally learn about plants because you're making hay and growing in the things in the garden and out in the forest collecting firewood. And uh, so you uh, naturally learn about these things. And then um, I had um, interest as a young teenager in uh, Native American uh, history and also in um, some spiritual ideas uh, like dream interpretation and uh, various things like that. And that led me to be introduced to a man who uh, was quite well known in the area named Taterbug Tyler. And uh, he was a, uh, he was a, a local folk healer, medicine man. He was a ginseng hunter and he started teaching me about wild foods and making maple syrup and picking different kinds of herbs. He's the one that got me started thinking about medicine because as a young person, I was relatively healthy. And um, what gets most people into this so-called alternative uh, medicine world is often some kind of sickness or something that that stimulates people to, to go an alternate route. For me, it was kind of more organic. It's hard to pinpoint what it was, but uh, Taterbug's influence was, was kind of the starting point. Nathaniel, Taterbug, I want to learn a little bit more about this teacher of yours. You mentioned <clears throat> ginseng hunting. So what is that? Is this around us here in the Catskills in the Upper Delaware region in the Northeast? So often people are surprised to learn about American ginseng being here, but this was a, a major region for American ginseng. Pretty much all of the Appalachian Mountain Range is and or was. Basically, it was over-harvested, and then even more so than that, the habitat destruction uh, really did a, a number on the uh, ginseng stands in the wild. So it's, it's pretty much rare. And then the deer browse it down so that it's not really able to recover. But at one point, ginseng was the number one export from the United States of America. It was a big part of the fur trade and other resource mm. extraction. It's such an important medicine that it, it climbed to, uh, at its peak of export, it was, it was number one. But because of greed and the normal kinds of things that take down 
businesses and um, and these kinds of things. Basically, people started harvesting at the wrong time and adulterating, and the, and the whole market kind of fell from that. And then the environmental destruction that followed made it so that there's not enough really to pick. It's it's protected now. It's protected by international trade law. And you're also describing colonialism. You're describing. Uh, extractive industry destruction. My main interest in regards to herbs is in using wild plants. So my feeling is that, um, you know, right now, most of the research still today, although it's not well known, but most of the active research into herbal medicine is by pharmaceutical companies that are trying to find chemicals that can then be copied. Uh, To me, some of the most important research is to look back into the history and understand how the Native Americans were utilizing the plants and and also how they were conducting themselves in a way that was sustainable. Just looking out the windows here, right? There are so many. You already pointed out this plant that was growing on our way to the kitchen table, which is what? This is called gold thread. I tease those roots out of the mossy ground there. And um, so what we have here on the table is a small plant with some long, almost thread-looking yellow roots. Its uh, scientific name is Coptis. In the earlier days of this country, it was known as canker root because it was a well-known canker sore remedy. It is uh, related chemically and medicinally to the uh, herb golden seal into many other herbs, which we classify as berberine-containing yellow antimicrobials. So berberine is named after barberry, which is that shrub that we also saw um, right outside the door, and which maybe people have been seeing a lot lately because it's one of the first green shrubs to come alive in the forest. And It's also one of the most invasive plants, so it is uh, widespread, and oftentimes people plant it in their landscape in maybe maroon or variegated uh, cultivated forms, but um, berberine is a yellow substance that's very bitter. It's very antimicrobial, uh, meaning antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, and um, to the Best of my knowledge, these herbs are pretty much the strongest antimicrobials that are widely available in our area. So, um, of course, the coptis isn't used much today because it's so small. Although there's a related species used in Chinese medicine that is also one of the top antimicrobials in Chinese medicine, that even though it's still called gold thread, the rhizome is much thicker and more fleshy. And another plant you had me taste, it was absolutely delicious. I've passed it thousands of times and not even noticed it. Can you describe that one? Uh, Yeah, that's called toothwort. And um, I guess uh, at first glance, some people are worried that it's poison ivy because it superficially resembles that being that it has the three leaves. And toothwort refers to the tooth. The, the large teeth on the on the leaflets, uh, and then it has a, a mustardy, horseradishy, pungent flavor. And uh, yeah, it can. We just nibbled on the leaves to get that flavor, but the root, the the flavor will be even a little more crisper and cleaner, more of that pure horseradish kind of taste because the the leaf has more of the the, the green stuff in it, and adds to the flavor. And um, yeah, that can be, um, of course, it, it usually only occurs in small amounts in the wetlands like that, but um, the flavor is so strong, you could always pick just a tiny bit and flavor salad or sandwich or something like that. I'm speaking with Nathaniel Whitmore, and he is our region's expert. We're in the Northeast in the Catskills and the Delaware Valley River Basin, an expert in identification and the use of wild plants and mushrooms, and also a wild crafter. What I'm wondering, Nathaniel, is because this work, this knowledge, this study of yours is something you've dedicated your life to and are continuing to, and it's part of of an overall well-being, 
with our relationship with the planet Earth, with this land around us, and with traditions, which are ancient ones. You've acknowledged the indigenous traditions and the depth of that knowledge. I'm just wondering, though, how do you frame this for us so it's not just kind of um, people somehow, you know, going into the woods and taking things and it being a continuation of just consumption and how you would describe it for us about your own relationship with this wild world around us. When I first started to read about wild edibles, there is a book, one of the first I encountered, Peterson's Guide, the well-known nature series, Peterson's Guides. In the foreword, the author or authors were discussing how people will mention that maybe there's an environmental concern with the harvesting of wild plants. And they brought up that it really wasn't wild crafters picking a few herbs or wild edibles that was ultimately harming the population of those plants. I stuck with that basic standpoint for a long time. Uh, More recently, the last several years, I've spent a lot more time uh, going into New York City, as well as other urban areas, but especially from here to New York City, I've seen I've seen a lot of different places and considered the plant populations and, and what's happening. And, um, and then also I've recently returned to my family's farm after being gone for uh, many years. And even in my short lifetime, I, I can acknowledge how many things are lost. That farm is still one of the more lush places I know, but is nowhere near as lush as it was when I first started learning about wild edibles. So only in recent years, I returned to that thinking about one of those first uh, issues that was brought up, which I kind of just formed my stance on and stuck with it. But now I'm looking at it again and thinking, actually, it is a problem. Here all this time, I've been teaching people to to go and and pick these things. And now there's places where these things aren't aren't there anymore. Mm. And of course, uh, in general, uh, I also... um, appreciate your question touching on this uh, consumerism aspect because um, obviously in so many ways we were thinking what what's in it for me what can I go out there and get and and you know the the excitement of ginseng and the excitement of these mushrooms sometimes that that's so contagious that um, people without even really understanding what ginseng is or how it's used, they, they, they want to pick it because it's just so exciting to find it. Yeah, so that's doing a number on things. Still, the bulldozers and uh, urban sprawl, uh, obviously, you know, nothing's growing where the parking lot now stands. But uh, I am also concerned about the over-harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, personally, a lot of this has to do with, um, uh, like, the local food things, um, issues and just living close to the land and being aware of what is available, working with what's available. I've had a couple conversations recently with folks on the subject of cooking. And to me, cooking is, a, is an art. And when you think about it, cooking goes back to the simple process of taking what you have and making something that's delicious and health promoting and nourishing from it. So cooking isn't following a recipe. And if you look at a good professional chef, they're not following recipes. I mean, maybe they're checking in on things or maybe sometimes ingredients need to be precise. But in general, uh, cooking is an art of transforming what you have into something that is what you need that can that can nourish your life. And uh, today we have uh, so many resources wrapped up in the um, growing of foods out of season just think of the energy put into refrigeration of vegetables just to get those vegetables to the store and then maintain them in the store and then everybody brings them home and has them in their own vegetable meanwhile all these plants are just going to waste we do have a lot of invasive weeds my major mission of mine at this point which has always been the case but i've noticed looking back that people aren't really catching on to the importance of learning to use invasive plants. Like here we have barberry, the strongest antimicrobial we have. 
and nobody seems to really know about it, but it's everywhere. And then Japanese knotweed, you know, there's there's food use, there's medicine use, but even also, for lime, right, with the knotweed. That's one of the uh, that's one of the the special areas where mm-hmm. Japanese knotweed is particularly used for lime treatment. Which is absolutely fascinating because, as you say, we it is invasive and it's causing many problems along stream banks and choking them out and that sort of thing. But also we have it here. And if we could utilize it for our own well-being, that would be a win-win all around. And the barberry, yes, I mean, I can attest to that. I mean, I didn't have so many of these plants uh, 25 years ago as I have now, and they're thorny. They're hard to take out. That's a fascinating point, I think, that you're making about your interest in the invasives Mm -hmm. and how we can use them and that they really do have medicinal aspects. I'd like to say another thing about invasives, which I'm not sure if the listeners know exactly Um, what this subject is about. I know some people are very passionate about the problems with invasive plants, which are plants that are introduced into a non-native area and then spread wildly and aggressively. But um, we, we get overly focused on invasive plants as being problems, uh, but really the plants are not the problem. And one thing that I'm trying to point out is that if the invasives are not there, in some cases, there's not going to be anything there because the native plant populations are already gone. So um, we have to understand that nature doesn't like vacuums. So if you take those invasive plants out, what's going to fill in? The reason they filled in is because the native plants were taken out. They weren't just introduced into a healthy environment and went invasive. They were introduced into a destroyed environment, and they went rampant because of the conditions that we that people left the environment in. But anyway, we could go on and on. Yes, and I definitely I want I I want to continue this conversation. Absolutely, I still have though for this episode some more questions I want to ask or just to discuss with you. So mushrooms seem to have become the celebrity. <laughs> Of, of of the plant world right now. And you're an expert in mycology and mushrooms. So I'm wondering if you can share your own interest in them, what you've discovered and some of the mushrooms that surround us here and, and why you think they become the celebrity of the moment. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's a, a, a big uh, topic, um, but mushrooms are um, mushrooming. <laughs> into uh, popularity. There's some documentaries that have been going around and and knowledge in general is growing. It's, it's their time for a number of reasons. But, it, you know, if you look back at um, other cultures, a lot of what we're experiencing now is actually not anything new. America is waking up to growing mushrooms, but shiitake mushrooms have been grown for 2,000 plus years. So in some ways, that's nothing new. It's just new, it's just a novelty for us. Good point. Which, by the way, I just picked some today from logs. So it's a wonderful thing to grow shiitake. They 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 fruit all different times. They love the cold weather, and uh, it's it, it's exciting. Because um, and then the other, I think uh, another thing about mushrooms is um, Americans in general were considered to be um, inheritors of the fungal phobic. British culture. So mycologists will put cultures into fungal loving or fungal fearing categories. And um, it goes back to, you know, survival times, the whole feast and famine thing. You know, sometimes mushrooms have saved cultures during times of famine where the rains came in and flooded the fields, but then mushrooms showed up and they still had something to eat. But then in certain regions, there's a lot of poisonous mushrooms and people it saw so many people uh, make mistakes and, and die or get really sick that they developed a fear. And America kind of inherited this uh, fear, which really came from a lack of understanding because there's so much to learn. But now we're starting to learn and, and we're starting to learn at a very fast rate at the same time that mycology is blossoming in so many different ways, like mycoremediation, using mushrooms to clean up uh, toxic areas and using mushrooms medicinally 
Uh, we have many medicinal mushrooms. In, in these forests, like uh, we, we're looking at all these hemlock trees around here, and especially right by the water, um, we tend to find the uh, mushroom called reishi, or the uh, American name is usually something like lacquered polypore um, or, or, or varnished shelf mushroom because it looks kind of like a lacquered piece of wood, a maroon color, and it's a shelf mushroom, which is a tend to be a large kind of tougher mushroom growing off the side of a tree. So they grow on these hemlocks, and they're actually one of the most revered medicinal mushrooms. If you went to a Chinatown herb shop, you'd see a whole wall on, in some places of different kinds of reishi mushrooms. Incredible. Yes, I've seen what you're describing on these trees right, right outside this window. So that's exciting. I should also mention that we're also coming into morel mushroom season. This is not the best area for morels, but there are spots where they're abundant. So sometimes people are surprised to learn that, that they're here. Um, in a couple more weeks, they'll, they'll get started. And, uh, and there's other mushrooms that, that come with them. I'm just wondering, um, before we conclude, if there's something you want to share with our listeners about the work that you do, maybe a favorite uh, sort of uh, adventure you have where you discover something in the woods or out there in the wilds or, or just a message you want to send us off with? Um, as far as uh, my work, I um, mostly I work with the principles and according to Chinese medicine but I focus on local plants, which there's a lot more crossover than people may guess between what plants we have and what's utilized in Chinese medicine. But uh, my, you know, I, I like to make everything um, fresh and I like to uh, use the local plants as they are. But even when I make the products, I make them from plants that I'm harvesting. And what I've realized, like say the barberry, for instance, I use that as a teaching point a lot when I'm teaching about medicine making, because by making a barberry preparation yourself, you can actually pay attention to quality in a way that a big company can never afford to do, because you're going to pull those roots out and you're going to scrape the outer layer of bark off. And it's a little bit tedious, but with a day's work, it's such a you, you, it's such a potent medicine that you make enough tincture and or what, if you're going to dry it or whatever it is, you can put away enough for the whole year, and it's actually very stable, so it lasts for years. So it's really not that much work. Um, but if if you were to buy barberry from the store or from a, a product, um, it'd be made with the whole roots, which means that the woody part, like with these trees, you know, the, the trunk is all wood, and then the the medicine is usually that that bark layer. So you have the outer bark and you have the wood and then that little bit of uh, active tissue there. Well, for the big company, they're going to chop up that whole woody root. So you have 90% inert material where if you make it yourself, you scrape off the part that you're supposed to use. So you can actually, you're making a better product by doing it yourself. Way cheaper. Herbal products are often overpriced and it's, it's a big problem because people are spending a lot of money but then they might not even be buying a good product and they don't know how to assess it. So that's why I try to teach people how to use the plants that are local, how to understand their, their qualities and how to best prepare them. And that's basically my, that's what I do and that's my message. And that's what I think is the, the best way to use herbal medicine. And Nathaniel, is there something you've learned from being in the wild? from the plants, from nature that's surrounding you? I guess um, I like to, I, I feel like I learn a lot all the time about the uh, plants and about nature and about, about everything. And I think that's another important, that is another important message here. Is, is, it, it's not about um, just going out and using the plants, like you were saying before, but it's about appreciating the uh the plants for their beauty and their their part in the environment and how that reflects 
so many things in life. You know, even the the play of the seasons, the the unfolding of the spring blossoms, and 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 you know, all these things are just it's it's a deep part of our psychology, and it's just you know that's that's how uh, our minds and and however how our understanding of the world comes to be. And now today we have everybody glued to screens all day long, and 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 it's like nature is something that you get a picture of on your cell phone or something. There's a concept in old uh, Japan that's translated as uh, uh, education for pregnancy, and uh, it's the idea is that you should go out and observe something uh, beautiful in the natural world uh, every day because uh, when, you, when you're nourishing that life in utero, you want the, to, to, the, the mind to be in a good place. So you might read uh, religious or good quality literature to have a, a, like a elevated material, and then also you want to acknowledge the, the wonder of nature every day. And then there's another concept in Japan, the forest bathing, which has been popular recently, kind of trends into the, the press here and there. And But they're just looking at how healthy it is to take some time, like the stop and smell the roses idea. Stop and look at things, appreciate things, and that's how we learn from nature. But if we don't participate and be part of nature, then nature is that external object. That object that we can use, kill, extract from. Oh, it's just been wonderful. I've been speaking with Nathaniel Whitmore. He is an expert in identification, the use of wild plants and mushrooms. He's a wild crafter and many more things. To learn more about Nathaniel, please visit NathanielWhitmore.com, W-H-I-T. You can check out his plant walks, his apprenticeships, plant and mushroom tours. I had a micro tour, and I am just so thrilled by what I discovered with Nathaniel. And I hope, Nathaniel, I'll be able to join you for a mushroom and a plant tour as the season builds. And um, I just want to say, please, there's so many things that we can learn from you, Nathaniel. And I will never look at my barberry <laughs> plant again in the same way, knowing that it has those those healing, those medicinal aspects. I should say the same thing with the other plants that I pass so frequently that you've shared with me have these important qualities. I'm I'm gonna chew on these roots here of these these golden threads. But anyway, I want to thank Nathaniel for joining me at the kitchen table. NathanielWhitmore.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, opportunity. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels. This is Steve Schwartz from Steve's Music Center in Rock Hill. I've been an underwriter on WJFF for many years. I feel that WJFF personifies what public radio is all about. We're so caught up in the corporate world that everything has just kind of gotten a little boring, to say the least. You know, you always have to add revenue and everything and, and big business. And I think you guys are doing things that are more from the heart, you know, go to the heart of the matter. It's not all about raising capital and and lining everybody's pockets. You're trying to do something that is for the greater good. Inform the listening area of what is going on, give the neighborhood a voice through their homegrown DJs, provide a forum for local artists to get their creations seen and heard. When it comes to community, they do it right, and that's why they have my support. Your support makes public radio possible. Give now to Radio Catskill at wjffradio.org. 
You're listening to Radio Catskill, and it's a special edition of Trailer Talk. Normally on Wednesdays, we'll hear two segments from Sabrina Artel. We heard the first one. Well, the second one is live with Sabrina Artel. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi, Tim. It's so great to be on the airwaves live. I'm it's, loving it. It's great. And, uh, you know, pledge drive time is uh, always delights me to hear... To hear so many voices and also to remember why we do it, right? Exactly. Uh, why public radio is so important, why independent media is so important, and why WJFF is really essential in our communities here. Yeah, and, you know, it, it goes to the, the heart of what we do for the community and what you what you do in the community. If you are listening and you support that and you support Sabrina and her uh, interviews and all the hard work she does, too, please donate at WJFFradio.org. We've heard from a lot of new listeners uh, during this fun drive, which is fantastic, Sabrina. For folks who may not be familiar with Trailer Talk, can you tell them a a little bit about, about Trailer Talk and how it started and, and and what you like to do on your show. What is it What is it that drives you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's see. Well, first of all, I just want to remind everybody, please either go online, wjffradio.org, or call. Call the station. You'll get Tim on the line at 845-482-4141. Oh, my goodness. Well, I've been involved with WJFF, oh, I get uh, 20 or so years at this point. And um, I mean, I really have lost track, but it was really that moment of, of first discovering WJFF, which was probably about 26 or 27 years ago now, um, really connected me uh, in, in a way that was, uh, it, it just rooted me in, in the community here. But um, I, I, started Trailer Talk in 2003, so quite a while ago, and the idea, the inspiration for it was to be in in the community, in our neighborhoods, in my little 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, and have a live event, a live experience with each other while also recording for the radio for these audio pieces. And so it it really came out of and I an experiment really that I had that <laughs> as, as I all great radio does. <laughs> right. Right. Like like to really kind of be be in um you know on the streets or at an event um, meeting people face to face, inviting people into the kitchen table of the trailer, speakers outside the trailer, so uh, you know people could enjoy the conversation, but also really looking at the power of dialogue, the power of conversation, and the power of story to create the realities that we aspire towards. So that's kind of. Um, the succinct <laughs> response. <laughs> the abridged version. <laughs> um, yes, the abridged version. But what happened is, you know, I mean, it's just wonderful. And the response from so many people in, in our listening area has been so wonderful over the years. And so I've really, over these many years now, developed a, what I call a living archive of of these many people and stories and I focus both locally, kind of hyper locally, but but also beyond. You know, took the trailer into the city, into New Hampshire, to out west, to Northern California and Southern California, and you know, different parts. But what happened is trailer talk has kind of grown to symbolize, in a way, kind of this what we aspire towards and this idea of the power of conversation and its potential to change things for the better. Um, but, you know, the radio show combines now Zoom interviews, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during this pandemic, I really went mostly to Zoom, um, but I was able to safely go out to events and and speak to people in our different towns and, and now more safely. Um, to to meet people 
Um, but so it combines, you know, kind of studio interview, on-site interview, the Zoom virtual experience as well. But uh, Tim, what's been so exciting to me during this pandemic year, I had already planned that I was going to focus in the neighborhood, like really come back to my original roots mm-hmm. with Trailer Talk and dig more deeply into this incredible area where we live. Um, and and so really that converged with the pandemic where I, I um, you know, wasn't able to take the trailer out, but so everything moved over to the virtual, to Zoom, but with this local lens again and to build upon the years of me doing that. So, so, you know, I call it in the neighborhood um, and it's exploring what that even means as well. Um, So anyway, yeah, but (laughs) I, um, I just ask people who are listening to, to support WJFF, to support real people in real time, you know, kind of responsibility. Responding to events and um, occurrences and to uh, things that are happening right where we live. And that's becoming quite rare, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when we look at, 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 the, at mainstream media, when we look at kind of ownership, you, you know, of things in so few hands. Um, and, and so I consider WJFF a treasure, like, yeah. and, and essential. And what that word has come to mean in this year, I would include our local media station, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and what, what has, what so, it has been um, providing. Uh, so please pick up that phone. We'd love to hear from you. 845-482-4141. Or you can go online to WJFFradio.org. And then, Tim, you can share with us, too. You know, you can become a subscriber. You can donate monthly, you know, to share with people that even $5 makes a huge difference. $5 makes a huge difference. And you don't think it does. I've I've taken calls during this fund drive where people are calling in with, like, what they say is, well, it's not very much. Is that okay? I'm like, of course it's okay. It's great. Thank you so much for your support. And joining the rest of the community that supports this public radio station, we've already heard from Donna online at WJFFradio.org from New York City, who says, I love Trailer Talk. So your, uh, your fans are already uh, donating and, and listening and supporting what you do in uh, the community uh, as well. So call 845-482-4141. Help us end the drive this Saturday uh, or before. It'd be <laughs> yes. great to do it before. Uh, <laughs> yes, as, as much as we all love it, it, yeah, it would much. be great to end it. And thank you, Donna. Thank you for your support. It really means so much to me. Uh, you know, when I get emails from listeners, it. You have no idea how much that means to me and to any of us that are producing shows, that are volunteering, that are supporting the station um, in in the ways that we can, depending who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really is meaningful, and I rely on WJFS to find out what's happening now uh, you know, it, you know, it could be weather. It, it could be, of course, during this pandemic, the crisis, really knowing hour to hour mm-hmm. at times well, yeah. what was happening. <laughs> it's it, it can be that way. We were Jason and I were talking about that in January, where there was all of that news that had just happened, like the capital riots and then after that like that whole week was just bananas and so but we were keeping up with it and providing that news and information that people need and rely on and we've been hearing so much from listeners during this drive who've donated at wjffradio.org or called 845-482-4141 telling us how much they've relied on us and how much we've been i've heard the word lifeline um i've heard about you know you're part of my routine i i have somebody that uh, called in today and she said she said I want to thank you because you made me less anxious 
you've made me more you've made me more sane and i was like wow i mean you you kind of forget that the power of you know media has but also just the power of local media and you mentioned this a little bit ago hyper local is 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 really important and and why do you why do you find that connection to the local hyper local uh even more important especially after this pandemic year oh it is absolutely i think it has like the pandemic has has uncovered so much you know it's it's certainly exposed deficits it's equally exposed really that that like to use that word treasure again but the the things of value the people of of value you know um in our community and i think though that during this pandemic year that it has has really shown the value of this hyper local media where Someone, whether you, Tim, or Jason, or or another staff member, volunteer, Volunteers, will pick yeah. up the phone. There's someone there. There's actually a person, and there's a person who is connected to the region, to the you know area where we're living, and and also com- there's a commitment there. Uh, and and that has tremendous value. I mean, like you said, the listener sharing with you that the radio station helped with anxiety. But but you know, it's it's not a stretch to say that this kind of hyper local independent media that is connected deeply to place provides uh, a, many services, right? But but absolutely supports connectedness uh and therefore because of the tremendous value that it holds also supports mental health i mean that's actually not a stretch no it's not when yeah right you know to be able to either log on with a computer or if i turn on my radio and i know that there's actually someone there and and um someone close by that makes it a huge difference i think and and it also is delightful to discover things i constantly discover things about our listening area because of the programming mm. and i've been here almost 30 years <laughs> well you're part and, of that too you're part of bringing that to to the listener which is awesome well which is you know, so so incredible, and that's such a great benefit of me being able to do trailer talk. I mean, even I just want to mention Nathaniel Whitmore, who I I did not know, um, you know, had not met, but had heard about him. And I want to say he wanted to join us today. And I'm thinking possibly this weather could have caused a problem because I know some people are having some issues yeah. with phone lines and internet lines mm-hmm. right now with with the winds and the snow that we're having today but it was so exciting for me to meet him and be able to uh learn from him things outside my windows from my home about plants and and just to have him step out of his truck and practically at his feet find a wild edible that I hadn't even noticed, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, so, so things like that, you know, to, for myself to be able to learn, but Tim, what would you say, how would you describe the, the value of WJFF of an independent public radio station of kind of, if we kind of riff on this idea of what, does hyper local mean and what does it provide well, for us? Well, I, I think w- what you were saying before, and um, it's, uh, you know, you can donate it and, and support this at 845-482-4141 or WJFFradio.org. But what you were saying before and, and tying back into mental health and the larger picture of that, it's because we have the news and the information that you know you can rely on. It's fact-based journalism, right? You're not getting bombarded with a lot of hyper crazy talk. It's, it's mm-hmm. realistic facts. And then we have music uh, that 
calms you or that you enjoy that takes you away from it. It's a distraction from it, right? Or the, then yeah. the local news or the local people that are so special in this area that you find on your show and other people talk to. We talk to on the local edition. We talk to, you know, a Catskill character, Farm and Country. I mean, uh, you're not going to yeah. hear this anywhere else, right? So that's the value of, you know, providing that for uh, the the listener. And it's our mission as well. Like, we're, we're here to connect our community, right? So we're in the community and we need to be hyper-local. So we can bring you the national and local news uh, sorry, the national and international news, but we also want to bring you that local news that connects you. And, and, and did you say this? I think you did said roots you, roots you here, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah. can you can be anywhere, but you can still take us with you. We're on air, we're online, your smartphone, smart speaker. And, um, you know, we want your support of that so we can continue to bring this, this news yes, and information. We and, really do. So and we're, we're asking you, yes, please call the station at 845-482-4141. You can also donate online, and there are many options there, and it's secure. You can go to wjffradio.org. And, you know, we're, we're trying to end this fun drive as much as we do love it, right? Yeah. Because this is an opportunity, <laughs> like you were saying, Tim, people call the station. There's a lot of discovery. I love to listen to WJFF during a fun drive because I enjoy going off book right yeah right you're going off script (laughs) off book book, like right right like going off script (laughs) but it would be great to go back to the regular programming (laughs) by saturday so so please call but think of the value you know that's the other thing is also you know it's a public service uh, you know, we've WJFF has been. What year are we in right uh, now? We're we're heading into our thirty first year. Oh, hey, listen, we've got a special guest star. Uh, look who just walked in. Speaking of value, it's Jason Dole. Hey, Tim. Well, I, Jason. <laughs> Tim, what, Hi, Jason Dole. Hey, Sabrina. What, was I supposed to come in today? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, all right. You, you well, were. Yeah, yeah. Thank, you were. But thanks for being here. <laughs> Call now. There's two of us in the building, 845-482-4141, and give what you can and give now. Definitely. Give what you can. Give now. And, um, yes, so, you know, you think about it. I mean, just three decades the station has been providing local coverage, access, information, and building you know, being part of, because that's what independent media provides. It's, it's, uh, it helps to actually support and build a listening area. You know, that's the other thing. It does literally connect us to each other, you know, whether it's out in the community or through the airwaves. Mm -hmm. And, and I take that quite seriously, and I take that in, what does that mean? But also more and more in independent station. It, yeah. it, 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 I can't even begin to express the value because it's becoming more rare. You know, we see what's happening with, with media conglomerates. I mean, yeah. that's Serious. We're not owned by a you know, Swiss when, billionaire. <laughs> we're yeah, or or, or the because, head of, of Amazon. No, we're we're community. <laughs> right, ex- ex- exactly, because that does impact the kind of stories and information that are even allowed to be on the airwaves to be to be shared with the public, mm-hmm. and and so that's the other thing. There's there's a lot of freedom of expression and that's that has huge significance (laughs) you know it does Um, people take it for granted but it's very important uh and support that support independent media public radio community radio go to wjffradio.org or call 845-482-4141 help us end this drive um jason i wanted to ask you while you're here what was what's what are some of your favorite sabrina artel trailer talk episodes Oh, oh, there's, there's, there's a number of them. I like, I like when you talk to the candy people, 
Um, this oh, is going yeah. back, you know, because I know, I know a lot yeah. of them going back. Um, I was there every once in a while. Um, I'll really catch one and just be totally blown away. I remember a couple of years ago you did one on, on trout fishing, I think in Roscoe, like on opening day. And it was just, yes. that was really oh, phenomenal. Goodness. And, but With Joan uh, Wolf. Yes. Oh, yeah. Man. Live, you know, local legend. legend. 845-482-4141. But this year, this past year, and we've talked a lot about how we've stepped up what we're doing to, to keep people connected as you guys were just talking about. And, uh, yeah. we've got an amazing response from the community, but I don't, don't know if we've talked enough about, um, how Sabrina stepped up her game with trailer talk as well and has become such a crucial part of rounding out, um, what we have to offer locally. Just being able to do these in-depth dives on, Crucial community issues such oh, as yeah. labor, such as uh, race relations, social you justice, know, social yeah. justice, the Food the insecurity. the yeah. election day episode oh, was election. amazing. That's when right. you spoke to people outside of your own polling place, like that was like the <laughs> crux of both. Um, and that was community radio right there because it's you in your in your place talking to the people that are there, also weighing in on like national issues at the same time, and just really getting the word from the street. So it's just been amazing what what you've been able to do and what you've helped us do here. So thank you for that, Sabrina. Oh my good, well, uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. You know, I'm. Uh, it's it's I love what I do and it's so exciting to be able to do it and what I discover and I want to put it out there people listening you have an idea you know someone there's an issue a subject a theme uh reach out to me uh you know uh it's it's very easy to find me uh you know you can just trailer talk uh, what is it? Trailer talk at gmail.com. So I know. trailer talk at gmail.com. Just reach out to me. I think everything's public, actually. You know, I even think my phone number, if you Google me, is out there. But I am very happy always to speak with people um, and open to ideas. And I'm excited because I'm going to bring the trailer out this summer. Oh, you know, awesome. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I just, it wasn't right to do it over this last year, but I feel like now I can do it safely, and so I'll, I will let you know. Oh, that's great. But, but the, the beeline's coming out. <laughs> um, <laughs> y- yes, and, um, I just ask listeners to call 845-482-4141, and, uh, you can also donate online, wjffradio.org. And, um, oh, my goodness, and Jason, <laughs> the two of us, we go way back. Yeah, he just stepped out to, to check the phone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, yes, um, we, we, we appreciate your support at 845-482-4141 or online at wjffradio.org. You can make a one-time donation of any amount. Any amount will help us end our, our drive and meet our goals. Or you can become a sound supporter. Sound supporter is a monthly recurring donation that comes off of your credit or debit card or new. This fund drive, you can have it come out of your bank account, which actually is a lower uh, processing fee for us. So go to WJFFradio.org. And Jason's back. Yeah, I had to shake all the phones to make sure they're still working. There it goes again. Okay. (laughs) There's the phone. Oh, Uh, (laughs) he went. (laughs) <laughs> he, it was. Oh. I think maybe we we're having some issues with the with the the line, but now he's getting the oh, the caller yeah, on. I so think, you know this weather. I know so many of us have been perturbed, um, maybe frustrated about this weather. Yesterday it was sixty. Today it's you know high winds and snow, yes. and I had to get my wood stove going again. Uh, but I know that earlier today my internet went out briefly, but it but it did come back on. Uh, you know, and again, I wanted to say that Nathaniel Whitmore, who was on Trailer Talk um, at 7, he had planned to, to join us for this fun drive, but I'm quite sure something went down with his either phone or, yeah. you know, internet, because he's out, uh, well, he's in Damascus, Pennsylvania, yeah. on on his, uh, the farm he grew up on. Uh, Spring in the Catskills, yes. right? <laughs> 
Well, right, exactly. But Tim, when did you first listen to WJF? When did I first listen to it? Well, I've had a. We've been up here for like seventeen years now, so I think when I came up here in two thousand four is when I started listening. And um, yeah, I just you know it was I always. Uh, wanted to be connected to where I was, you know, and then um, mm-hmm. became a volunteer and then was on the board. And now I'm the general manager. <laughs> so, I know. And, look at so, you now. What, who knew? But um, I'm glad because it's always been um, part of my DNA. I, we actually had a, a, a radio station at our high school. Uh, it broadcast oh, wow. to the parking lot. Cool. But um, it was... Oh, how wonderful. But now, it was a great experience. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really hyper-local. And then that led to a part-time job in college, which is was at a commercial radio station um and uh you know i went into the tv side of things later but then returned to my roots here um and that's what we're talking about Re- you know being rooted in a community and uh, making a, a, an impact with uh, what we do here public radio community radio connecting our listeners and it's it's important uh and as we've been talking about in the larger sense of you know not being beholden to some corporate entity and also in the micro sense of like talking to people that you live next door to and, and, and finding out what they're doing and finding out information you didn't know was even in your backyard. Like, like those mushrooms we were talking about earlier with Nathaniel. Oh yeah. So wait, I have a question for you and Jason. If he, I don't know if he's back in the studio. He's here. I'm here. Okay. When Nathaniel Whitmore on trailer talk said, talked, he said, are you, fungal phobic or a fungal (laughs) lover and that this is actually kind of a way of addressing um certain cultures whether they're you know which way they lean in terms of mushrooms and fungus (laughs) so i just thought that was wonderful to think of it that way yes i know my fungal identity i'm i'm happy to be a fungal lover yeah i'm I'm, i think i'm (laughs) I'm fungal neutral evil. You're fungal neutral evil. You're neutral. Fungal neutral. Well, oh so, my god! It's like so, the, the Dungeons and Dragons personality grid. That's what I'm trying to talk about with fungus. We can do it. We can make it happen. I'll talk to Nathaniel. Well, if you support fungus or not, call eight four five four eight two four one four one. You support fungus? Get among us. Call now eight four five four eight two four one four one. We need to hear from you. Or you know, at, or you can become a sound supporter, yes. and that is just the best thing ever because yeah. that's then regular support for the station, and it, it really could be just a few dollars, but it's every month, and and that's something then that we can rely on. Yeah, and and I just think that's such a great thing. I mean, you just think of you know how much a cup of coffee costs. You right. know, if you go out and right. buy a cup of coffee or. Uh, you know, grilled cheese at the diner or whatever. Right. You know, and you just think of just, I, I keep going back to like $5. It all, it's, it's that makes the difference. It all adds if, up. And, and Sabrina, we're actually uh, getting close to uh, wrapping up here. We've got about a minute. And I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us for this live special spring fun drive edition of Trailer Talk. It was great to like be live. Yeah, thanks. Oh, you're it's so welcome. You. Just wonderful. Please call at 845-482-4141 to make your donation. But Tim and Jason, just great. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank Sabrina. You. We, we'll we'll uh, see you on Trailer Talk in a couple weeks, and uh, you be well. Thanks so much. Call um, 845-482-4141 or go to wjffradio.org. Make your donation. Help us end the drive. We're on our way to ending it on Saturday. We just need you to help us get there. Call 845-482-4141 or go to wjffradio.org and donate now. Support your public radio station for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. WJFF Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Support comes from the Law Office of John Ferrara in Monticello, providing legal services in the areas of matrimonial and family law and criminal defense. John.Ferrara557 at gmail.com. Support comes from The Vintage House on Main Street, Jeffersonville, featuring eclectic furnishings, clothing, antiques, records, and books in a charming 19th century house. VintageHouseJville.com and on Instagram at VintageHouseJville. If you've been meaning to give during our pledge drive but haven't yet, that's okay because good news, this is it. 
We're ending this pledge drive, but we cannot do it alone. We need you. Now is the time. Let's end the drive. Give now at WJFFradio.org. Listening to the Retro Cocktail Hour. <laughs> 